so I had a really good uh, uh, epiphany or whatever you want to call it where I was thinking you know most people kind of know now at least if you watch the economy you know if you're into the markets you know the CPI numbers the consumer price index numbers come out every once in a while and you know they've changed the formula everyone well, most people know they've changed the way that they report the CPI. They have this formula. And if they if they did it the same way, if they if they were honest, if the government was honest and they calculated the CPI the same way they used to in 1980 or something like that, um, we'd have much higher, you know, CPI. We, our last print was like nine point something, nine point one. Well, we'd probably have double that if, if you know, if they were doing it the right way. Uh, but they have all these substitutions or hedonic adjustments. They have, um, uh, they, they, they also, um, you know, have something called owner's equivalent rent, which maybe you've heard of. And this is where the government doesn't, um, look at actual rents, right? They just look at some kind of equivalent (laughs) rent. Um, but anyways, I think most people are aware of the problems with the way that they calculate inflation and they have a motive, right? The government has a huge motive for the way in which they calculate CPI right now because they're trying to deflect blame, right? I apologize. They're trying to deflect blame because the biggest culprit of government spending is the government. The biggest culprit of inflation is the government uh, because they're the ones that basically create uh, money. I realize the Fed creates it, right? Creates dollars, but they're giving it to the government, right? They're they're creating dollars to buy bonds or whatever. (coughs) Oh. Um, So... Apologize. <clears throat> Let me get some water here. Ugh. Ooh, that's hot water. It's been in my car. All right. So, <clears throat> why, why do I think this is interesting? Well, so the government has a reason to manipulate how they report inflation less obvious. What's not so obvious and what I'm going to compare this inflation rate to now <clears throat> is <clears throat> why on earth would the government have a motive to distort crime statistics, right? Or, or whether something is a hate crime or not. Now, hate crime is a little bit fuzzy. It's basically, you know, if you murder somebody, it's still murder, but there's this additional charge that they can throw on you if they determine your motivation for murdering this person, you know, was racial, racial, or you didn't like, like them because they were, you know, maybe they were homosexual. You know, you can just think of all these victim groups, right? And then, and then if that's the motive, right? If that's the motive, they can throw this hate crime charge on you. Well, this, this is sort of an extra, right? This isn't just, oh, you're going to charge this guy with murder. This is an extra charge, uh, which is a federal crime, right? And, apparently. And <clears throat> I think it's federal. I think if they if they slap a hate crime charge on you, is it always federal? I actually don't know. I get maybe it is. Um, if they slap a hate crime charge on you, is it federal? That's a good question because, you know, I'll just detour real quickly. I was, uh, last night I was looking at like carjacking and I saw these carjacking stories and apparently the very first carjacking or the second one was in 1992. This apparently didn't exist and they, they actually, it got so bad, this new type of crime, I guess, this new type of crime they called carjacking where you're actually stealing a car with the person, um, is inside it. Now, it doesn't mean that you're taking the person off. Oftentimes, so like it is a kidnapping, but they're also taking the car and it became a federal crime because they said, well, this, this car, you know, was sold across state lines or it was built in one, one state and then sold across another state <coughs> or somehow they, the federal government used this as a way they could prosecute these carjackings as federal 
crimes. And I ran across this one story in 1992 in Florida where they actually prosecuted the very first federal um, carjacking case. And this was so crazy because it was carjacking at the federal level, uh, but it would it also involve murder, right? So who cares about the carjacking, right? It's these three men, right? Or actually, I think two ended up being so there are two two guys murdered in this carjacking case, and the reason why they they you know maybe it was because this was a new law, you know, around 1992, this federal you know carjacking law, federal offense, and that it would be mandatory life in jail. And the reason why the state of Florida said, I read this article, the reason why they said they, they decided to let the you know federal case go first, and they might not even prosecute these guys for murder, was because <clears throat> apparently in 1992, uh, people that were being convicted of murder, who were getting, you know, life sentences, supposedly, you know, supposedly, we're only doing like 12 years in jail and then they were released. And so they thought, well, if the federal government is going to try this case as a, you know, one of the first uh, federal carjacking cases, that's a mandatory life federal sentence. And there's no possibility these people are going to be getting out. And so that was the excuse. That was the reason, you know, they, the, the state of Florida said, okay, yeah, we need to, we, we want to try this, uh, you know, we want the feds to come in here and prosecute this carjacking case as the federal uh, federal case where they'll get life sentences because they didn't think they could keep the perps that murdered these people at point blank range, right? They, they carjacked them. They told them to get out of the car at one point in a field. They stripped them naked, right? And then they shot them in the head. Um, and they shot three three different white guys. This was a you know black on white crime. And apparently the one guy who uh, played dead. He had, he hit the, the, uh, the gun bullet hit the, a bone in his, um, hand that was, you know, behind his head and just ricocheted off. And, you know, I guess they thought they got him, but he survived miraculously from the bone in his hand, just hitting, you know, that's just pure luck right there. But I was just thinking, what has gone so wrong in our justice system? This is a kind of a theme that I'm kind of on what has gone so wrong in our justice system that murder, like somebody who's convicted, like just convicted of murder, uh, isn't getting, is getting sentenced to life, but then is getting out in 12 years. What is going on in this country? Now, this was 1992. I don't know if this was ever corrected. I don't know if murderers are still getting, you know, life sentences, but then not you know, they're getting out sooner, like 12 years. That's not justice in my mind. And it's not even justice to give this person a life sentence. I was, when I first read the carjacking case, the murder case, I was thinking, why would they go, why would they want the federal government to go after these people? Because, you know, the death sentence should be available here. I mean, uh, carjacking, kidnapping, murder, uh, you should, in my opinion, if you kill someone, you should be put to death. Now, I don't know the history of, of, you know, when the death penalty sort of became out of fashion. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I don't know where it's at right now. I, you know, I tend to think that most people are not getting death sentences. I think most people are getting life and I don't know why that is, but back to, that was a detour back to my original, um, thought here. And that is, um, why on earth, if you don't believe the inflation data, would you believe the data that the government puts out on hate crimes? And I just saw this this story today again pop up. It was this um, white woman in Beverly Hills or some rich part of L.A. This, this black perp came in and just murdered her, stabbed her 40 times. The autopsy came back. And his attorney said that, well... So the, the story goes is that she texted her manager. She was getting creepy vibes. So she was managing some furniture store in a rich part of town. And this, this black male apparently was, you know, walking around the store or coming in and out or just gave her some creepy vibes. Texted her manager that in 10 minutes later, her manager saw it apparently. But, but when he was reading it 10 minutes later, she was already dead. So apparently this guy's being charged with murder, right? And his attorney, his defense attorney, has come out and said, well, if she was texting her manager that this guy was giving her creepy vibes, 
maybe she said something racist to him. Like maybe she called him a bad name. And so she deserved to get what she, what she got, right? She just, it was almost like self-defense. This black guy was defending himself. If she calls him a, maybe she called him the N word, which I highly doubt that was the case. I mean, I, this just made up lies. These defenders, you know, they try to get their client off. I, I, I get it, but <laughs> how can anyone believe that? But even if let's just give this guy the benefit of the doubt. What if she did call him a bad word, like leave the store, you, you know, inward or something like that what if she said that which i highly doubt but let's just say she did does that give him an excuse to murder her to stab her 40 times no it doesn't right just because somebody calls you a bad name you know there's just reasonableness right proportionality you don't have the right because somebody calls you a bad name you don't like uh to stab someone 40 times but this is the apparently the defense that this one black guy and his uh, lawyer attorney want to, you know, try. Um, but this case, right. There's, there was there, I read this article. I didn't link it. I'll link it maybe after I close up here, but you know, no mention of hate crime, you know, what was his motive? Right. I mean, this looks, looks like a random killing. He didn't even apparently rob the store, right. He just went in there uh, and killed this woman. I don't even think he raped her or anything. I just, I just think he just went up to her and killed her. I mean, so it wasn't like a sexual motive, apparently. It wasn't that he was trying to rob the store. I mean, what other motive could there be? You know, they often say, oh, wrong place, wrong time. Well, that's just a bunch of BS, right? Maybe he was crazy. I mean, maybe. But uh, why did he target this this young white female um, I mean, alone in the store? I, I, you know, in my opinion, if the, if the roles were reversed, right, <laughs> Let's just say if the races were reversed, this would be a hate crime charge. There'd be protests, right? There'd be outrage. But because it's a black on white crime, um, the term hate crime doesn't even come up. And, you know, back to let's get back to my original thought here. How are these hate crime numbers being generated? Well, I was reading a couple articles and I'll, I'll link them after this, the fact uh, you can check up to see, you know, if you believe the source. But uh, apparently the FBI puts out hate crime report. And there's this other source, I think BJS. I don't know if this is a federal uh, uh, institution as well. But the FBI relies on individual police reporting um, of, of, hate, of possible hate crime. So they're supposed to look for bias. And they even produce this one little handy video for them. Right. Oh, this looks like a hate crime. This doesn't look like a hate crime. And it's completely biased towards uh, not not noticing any time a white person is victimized and sort of not looking for any biases that might exist there. And they're always looking for the other case where it's, uh, you know, a, a black person who's who looks like they've been, you know, attacked because they're black or or because, you know, someone's um, gay it looks like they've been attacked because they're gay. But they completely ignore, you know, they sort of downplay, right, the fact that a white person might be a victim of a hate crime. You know, it kind of makes sense because our society right now sort of doesn't think that blacks can be racist, right? They, they just don't think that way. They think that um, they think only white people can be racist, right? And so it makes sense that they that they would have the same ideology and say, well, well blacks can never commit a hate crime. There's always another explanation. Um, but if the, if the statistics and the reporting, right, that goes into calculating this FBI hate number, hate crime number is, is off because the inputs are, are wrong or they're biased, right? Then you shouldn't believe this number. This other, this other statistic calculated by the BJS, I believe in the article, I don't have it in front of me, but so this other way of reporting doesn't ask the police departments to report, you know, which one, which crimes they investigate, they think might be motivated by hate. They, they ask, <clears throat> they somehow ask the victims of the crime, I guess, if they were alive, right? I mean, how would you ask a dead victim? But it said something like, it, it asked, it asked the victim, I guess, of the ones maybe that got away, <laughs> uh, let's just say, if, if, it, if they thought it was motivated by hate. And this, this produced, you know, vastly different results, 
But I mean, either way, obviously, I'll, I'll grant this is a fuzzy way to collect hate crime data. I mean, it's just how do you how do you um, it, you know if, so these these obviously too are cases that weren't even prosecuted as hate crimes. You know, if you're just asking the victims after the fact, so so this is a really fuzzy number, but it's difficult to even know if something is a hate crime or not. How how are you going to prove that? Um, I would say that, you know, if the person is making statements like, oh, I hate, you know, I, I hate white people, that's, you know, and, and there's no other reason for the for the crime, right, um, then that's a hate crime. So, like, if somebody's robbing a store, you know, and, and the guy gets, the, the guy behind the cashier gets killed, um, I wouldn't just assume hate crime. <laughs> I would assume, you know, robbery gone bad, right? To give the guy the benefit of the doubt, even if the races were different. Um, but if, if, you know, if there's like no real motive, there's no robbery, it's just, and it's almost overkill, you know, 40 stab wounds or, uh, or, or if somebody's making statements like while they're killing them, like, oh yeah, I just wanted to find a whatever person. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's obviously motivated by hate. Um, but this, the problem with, with hate crime charges is that it's completely arbitrary in nature, whether the government decides to slap that extra charge on you and the government is some reason not to notice black on white hate crimes and not to prosecute them. Uh, so this is a biased level of enforcement. It's used only against white people, right? This, this hate crime charge is sort of reserved for whites. Uh, an extra charge the government likes to throw out there <laughs> to charge white people of, you know, uh, when they can. And they hardly ever charge a black perp, right, the, with a hate crime. And I constantly see cases where this looks to me like a hate crime. And I think if we're going to have the hate crime charge, to be completely fair to everybody, right, to be completely fair to everybody, if there's an interracial murder or crime, I want it, I want there to be automatically a federal hate crime charge. Like if we're going to have this thing called out there called hate crime, then we should apply it equally. And, 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 uh, why not? Right. That would make it more fair. Right now, might now, again, if you're robbing a store and you just happen to kill somebody that's a different race than you while you're doing so, I mean, sorry, but you're going to, you should get the hate crime charge on you, even if that's not really the real motivation. But how can we tell, how can we be fair with this hate crime charge, right? How can we be fair? But I, I just, you know, I just want to point out the hypocrisy of, you know, if you don't believe the government inflation numbers, why would, why on earth would you believe uh, the government hate crime numbers? Uh, they obviously have a motive here, right? And that's to somehow, some re- for some reason, you know, I can't, I don't know what exactly it is, but they want to hide black on white crime statistics, right? And, and hate crime, you know, hate crime possibility charges, right? So um, there's a lot of people that don't believe the government inflation numbers. I want to see the same, same amount of people or greater not believe the government <laughs> uh, hate, hate crime numbers, right? Or, or statistics. And um, I think a lot of people already don't believe this, but, you know, this is a huge problem because the government you know, since Biden got elected, their whole uh, agenda has been about equity, right? Equity, and and let's let's make this whole you know department and focus about blacks, and and so this they they came out and said, you know, Biden's DOJ or whoever it was, that the biggest threat to our country right now is coming from white people targeting blacks in a hate hate like way, like white supremacy, whatever. Uh, is the biggest threat apparently to our country is domestic, you know, white, white people uh, looking for to, to, to commit apparently a hate crime. And that doesn't make sense to me. That's not what I am observing in my environment. And I just want reporting to be accurate. I want, I want, if it's true, prove it, right? Where, where are these cases? Like there's not that many of them. They're, they're rare. They get sensationalized when they happen. Yes, we had that awful, you know, shooting in the grocery store where this white uh, guy murdered a 
a bunch of black people recently. Um, yeah. But what about all the cases where the reverse is happening, right? Where the reverse happens and you don't hear about it. Um, and that they're just not treated the same way. And that is my problem is that they're not treated the same way. The statistics around them are reported unfairly. They're not accurate and they're meant to, uh, just, they're meant to, um, obviously they serve some purpose, right? Just like inflation data is hidden, right? So the government can, can continue to inflate without much public outcry, right? So trying to, um, hide the real inflation numbers, but just like they can't really hide the crime numbers, they can't really hide the inflation numbers. Like observant people are observing the cost of living going up faster than the government is telling them. And just like that's the case, observant people are observing their environment and realizing that, yes, there is some white on black hate crimes. That's, 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 that is true. There are, they do exist, but they're so rare in comparison to black on white hate crimes, right? At least, you know, per capita or, or, you know, by, you know, by their numbers, right? By each respective numbers, there's a lot more white people in this country than there are blacks, um, but the prevalence of the likelihood of any one black person like committing a hate crime is far higher than, than the reverse. And I'll also just say, this is kind of funny cause it's kind of inflationary too, but they actually, the FBI and their reporting of hate crimes actually lumped together whites and Hispanics as one group called white when they, when they show reports of, um, hate crimes by, by the perps, right? The, whoever is, you know, perpetrating hate crime, they'll lump in together whites and Hispanics, but then it's weird that they will apparently, you know, on the victim side, when they categorize victims, they have Hispanics as their own group, right? Hispanics is a large group of Hispanics and don't they deserve their own category for perpetrator, right? So by lumping them together with another race, white people, they're, the government is almost you know, inflating the number of, of so-called white perpetrators of hate crimes. And they do this for a reason, just like the government uh, has a faulty way of calculating CPI. They've changed it, right? There's a reason why they do this. I, I don't really know the reason behind, I can't put, pinpoint it exactly, the reason why they're trying to, to hide the real observable, you know, uh, uh, crime uh, motivated by hate, you know, hate, hate crime charges or hate, hate crime crimes, right? I guess you don't have to even have been prosecuted as a hate crime, but they look for for reporting of, well, could this have been a hate crime? Um, and they do so in a very biased fashion. They're not really looking for any kind of, you know, where the, where the, where the white victim is um, a victim of a hate crime. Uh, they're looking for, you know, just where black people are a victim of a hate crime. Um, so it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know the, the government's real motivation for wanting to hide the accurate, you know, hate crime data, even though it may be a little bit fuzzy yeah, to calculate because it's difficult to know exactly when a crime really is motivated by hate. That's part of the problem. Um, but I know why they're hiding, you know, the real inflation numbers. I mean, that's, that's a really easy one to figure out because they don't want to be blamed. They can only hide it so much, right? And they can't, um, what they have to do is that what they're hoping to do, like with, with their, their, uh, the government's insistence that the, you know, recession isn't happening. They're trying to, uh, manipulate us into, into not believing our own eyes. So my first comment is, is that they can, they can lie about inflation, right? But we can observe it with our own lies and pocketbooks, books, right? Everything is going up in price. Um, just like we can see crime and we can, you, you know, if it's not reported, I guess it's harder to see, but some of this stuff does get, you know, somewhat reported. I mean, it's not all hidden, but if you go digging, you can find all kinds of cases that the media doesn't promote, right? Doesn't plaster all over CNN. You just have to go, diff, you know, hunting a little bit, but you can find them and then you can observe, you know, who's in jail most of the time, who, you know, and you can just pattern match and you can, you can 
you can figure it out with your own eyes and your own observations if you're observant enough. I mean, if you're not looking for this stuff, you're not going to see it. And that's what they hope is that you're not looking at, you know, your cost of living all that much. You're not looking at crime data all that much. You're not looking to see who's actually in the jails. They're hoping that you don't do this. Um, but they can only, they can only really hope so much, right? I mean, before, before people start just not having any money for food or whatever, I mean, they, the pe- people understand their cost of living is going up, even if they don't really understand the inflation numbers the government puts out. So I'd say that one's a little bit easier for people to see. But what's scary, though, is that our government is basically their strategy right now, you know, with inflation, with crime stats, it's basically to rewrite your own observations. They're basically trying to manipulate your own observations. So the government wants to put out a number. Uh, and they, they hope that you don't observe, or they think that if you observe, they want to call you, you know, um, they sort of think that you, your observations are incorrect. You know, they, they want to tell us that they want to say, well, you just don't know what a recession is, or you don't know what a woman is, or you don't know what, a, you know, a crime is, a hate crime really is. Or you don't know what racism is, right? White, you know, black people can't be racist. Now they're trying to rewrite your basic reality. And that's what really, really, you know, makes me angry, but freaks me out too at the same time. I mean, they want to say two plus two equals five, right? And if you don't believe so, uh, you're a racist, right? Or, or you're almost, you're, you're not living in, in our, in, in reality. So this is like, this is like the Orwellian nightmare, right? That where they, where you can observe something in your own reality and they say it's not happening or it's not true. Right. So I don't, when do we go to that stage? When do we go from the government statistics are obviously lying and people observe that it's lying because it's not my cost of living is going up. Right. Or there's all this crime that's happening and, and, you know, they're trying to say, no, there's not that much crime, but there really is. Uh, when do we go from that or the people, you know, they just sort of reject what their government says, you know, and, and I'd say not even all people reject, reject what their government says. Some people actually believe them still. But when do we go from the majority just reject the government's numbers on inflation to the government saying your reality is messed up? Or, you're, you're not observing correctly. You're observing wrong. Or, and, and for people to actually believe the government when they say that, that they believe that there's something wrong with them and that they're not really observing reality and that the government is right. I don't know. That's, that's pretty scary. Um, but I was looking at articles yesterday about carjacking, and this is somewhat related to the hate crime charges because, it, you know, carjacking apparently became a big deal in the early 90s. The second federal case that they made carjacking a federal crime in 1990-ish. And they had their, their first case that they tried federally in 1992. And it was like a mandatory life sentence for anyone who in federal prison, who anybody who, uh, who carjacked and the federal government wanted to prosecute them, apparently that was news to me. And it was news to me too, that carjacking wasn't really a thing before 1992. I was, I was completely shocked and surprised. Carjacking was described as you steal a car and like the person you steal a car and someone is in the car, right? So it's almost like an armed robbery where you're, you're not just going into an empty store, you're going into a store with a person there and you're threatening them with a gun. So that's what they called like a federal carjacking case. And uh, the federal government somehow got the ability to prosecute these federally because I don't know, the car is, the car was made in one state and maybe it, start, it, it was sold in a different state. I don't know what gave them the authority here, but I wonder if that is still in the books. Is it still in the books that carjacking is a federal crime? And if so, why aren't the federal government, why isn't the federal government prosecuting these cases? we'd have a, we'd have a ton of these. I mean, carjacking happens all the time and it, it got really bad again with, I think the COVID stuff and just the lax nature of us, you know, prosecuting crime in general, but apparently it was really bad in the 1990, you know, early 1990s. And it was like a new type of crime. And then they, they categorized it and they started tracking it and it just exploded in, in popularity, this type of crime. And I think people were really getting, you know, they were really fearful. They were really upset about it. So they, they ended up passing laws, federal laws against it and making mandatory life sentences. I think because I think in the early nineties, somehow we were being lax on crime too, you know, where 
you know, even though somebody might murder somebody, they'd get life, but they'd be out in 12 years. I mean, what is that? That's not justice to me. Uh, but that's, that's why they wanted the extra, you know, federal carjacking, you know, um, trials to happen, in my opinion. So they wanted this extra sentence on these guys, just like, you know, they want extra hate crime charges, you know, on the most heinous, you know, murders. They want, they just want this guy to be extra punished, right? That, that, that's what's going on in my mind. But like, back to the carjacking, is this still a federal offense? And if so, when was the last time it was federally prosecuted? I mean, think about how many cases they could be bringing if this was still on the books as law and, and all of these perps being locked up for life, right? And the carjacking, the federal, the federal offense for carjacking, it said nothing about if the victims, you know, were harmed. Or, or killed or anything like that. It just said it just the, this this law apparently was just did this guy carjack in an armed you know with an armed gun? Was there a person in the car? And, and you know was he threatened? Right? Not even did, not even like kidnapping had to be involved. I think it's just like hey get out of your car. I want your car with an armed gun with an ar- with an armed you know this guy was armed. He comes up to you and if he takes your car and threatens you that was a federal offense at one point and maybe it still is. I don't know if they got rid of the law, but they're definitely not prosecuting these federally because I don't hear about these cases. Um, or maybe they're doing so quietly, but I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, think about how many cases the federal government would have to prosecute if they actually followed up on this law. So I read this story yesterday about this and I'm going to, uh, I'm very interested now in, in the history of carjacking federal law and what happened to it. And, you know, when was the last case prosecuted and did the feds just throw their hands up saying, there's just so many of these, we can't possibly, you know, we just can't possibly, you know, prosecute all these cases and throw all these guys into federal prison for life. I mean, there's too many of them, right? I don't know. I don't know how many carjackings there are, you know, today, but I think there's a lot. Right. And usually a car, I think carjacking the word, I've got to look it up. I got to look up the definition, but I think the word definitely means approaching a vehicle with someone inside it and you're sort of threatening them to get out. It doesn't mean just steal a car because that was the difference. That was the difference in this crime when it was new, when it came up in 1990, 1990 or 1991, uh, was that this, uh, this, perp, right? The carjacks approaches a, approaches a, of someone in their vehicle in an armed fashion, an armed way and tells them to get out of their car or else, right? The, the kidnapping thing also happens where they tell them to just drive, but oftentimes it's, you know, they don't want the person in the car. They just want to steal the car. But, uh, this is different than just stealing a car because stealing, stealing a car that no one's in, that's a far less, far less severe type crime. Think about like a home invasion. No big deal. You're not there. Yeah, your place is robbed and it sucks, but you don't feel as threatened, right? I mean, yeah, you feel threatened because they violate your house. But if you're, you know, I'd rather a criminal come into my house when I'm not there, right? Because at least I don't have to fear for my life, right? Or feel for, fear for my body or whatever, getting raped or, you know, getting murdered or whatever. But they treat your your car sort of like... um Anytime, like you're in a you're in a space, it could be your home or car. You 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 have additional rights to this space, sort of that you wouldn't have uh, if sort of that that wouldn't exist if it was if nobody was in this in this space. So that's sort of why this this um, you know if somebody approaches your dwelling like this is your house right you can't just be in a random store but you you kind of have the right to just shoot them like because they're they're in a place they shouldn't be this is your home this is supposed to be your sanctuary now i'm not saying in every case that you have the authority to shoot somebody on your property and people have gotten trouble in that with that with self-defense law before i mean you can't shoot through your door or through a window if they haven't like entered yet but you know let's just say the basics of it is that if they come in your house, you have every right to assume they, they, they want to do you harm. You're allowed to defend yourself versus, you know, and this sort of, this, this sort of same concept applies to your vehicle. That's why if someone approaches your vehicle and you're inside it, um, you have a right to, you know, and you think that they're going to do you harm, you have a right to defend yourself. So if someone is carjacking you, 
or they're threatening you with a gun, you could you could shoot them, and you, that would be self defense because they're threatening you with the gun. Number one, but also you know, like we saw the Floyd riots, I think there were a couple of cases where you know p- groups of people would mob a vehicle. They don't even have to be armed if they're coming up to you, yelling at you, trying to get you out of the car. There's this huge mob. You actually have a right. You know, and this is a little bit controversial and probably a little bit um, gray, right? You, you know, you need to make sure you're, this is kind of a gray area again, uh, because you're sort of operating a deadly vehicle. They're, they're just out there. But if there's a, it's a group of people that intend to do you harm, pull you out of that car, they could kill you easily. You actually have a right to run, run through them. And this was this law, I think that even got passed in Florida, which said like, if there's a mob that stops you in your vehicle on the road you have a right to just go on through, right? Because they're, they're a big, they're sort of a big mob acting like they want to, you know, uh, get to you, right? They're, they're actively like trying to open your car, break your windows, uh, pull you out. And if they pull you out, they could, they could easily kill you, trample you, murder you, whatever. So this same sort of doctrine applies uh, from your, your, your dwelling. Like if you're in your car, that's also considered a, a dwelling uh, where you can, you're, you're able to defend yourself. So I think that's the basis for why the carjacking, while while a person is inside it, right, it is so severe of a crime and why it was treated so differently than just, oh, they wanted to steal a car. But I read this article and it was like, it was describing the first carjacking ever. And it apparently happened in Detroit. And this lady was driving her new car and a guy approached her, said, get out. And she said, no, she refused. So he shot her. This was, so this was the first, and then he took the car. So this was the first case. And I think in this one article I read about this case or in general about this new phenomenon called carjacking that was apparently, you know, all over the place in the early nineties. Um, this one guy said, well, oftentimes they just want to ride, right? They just want the car. And I just laughed. I thought, I guess they didn't have Uber back then, but I mean, they've had taxis, right? And you don't, you don't shoot somebody and steal their car because you need a ride, right? You, you could just ask for a ride or you could, you know, you could, um, I don't know what, what you could have done in the early night. You could definitely call a taxi. Um, I guess if they couldn't afford that, I don't know what they would do, maybe bike, but you don't, it's not justifiable to kill someone because you need a ride. Oh, I just need a ride. So I, 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 I carjacked this person and I killed them. Does that make sense logically? No. I mean, this disproportionality, it's almost like every time I see a case where, you know, there's a defender, there's an attorney. Now I realize this is their job. They're, they're trying to defend somebody and, and try to make up excuses of why they committed this horrible crime. But every time I see where it's a black person and, and that they have an attorney and they're trying to defend them and they say something outrageous that just is not proportional, like, you know, like, like this, where oh, I just needed a ride <laughs> or, Oh, or the case that I mentioned earlier in this, this particular podcast, this woman was killed in like, uh, LA. She was, she was, um, a cashier or whatever at a furniture place. This guy comes in, this black guy, she says, he's, she says, she sends a text to her boss, says he looks suspicious and she ends up dead, right? 40 stab wounds. Um, well, the attorney now is trying to, you know, make excuses for this perp. And, and basically he said, well, maybe, you know, if she was texting her box boss that this guy creeped her out in the store, maybe she said something racist towards him. Maybe she said the N word or something. And so he was justified in killing her. Does that make sense? No, that doesn't make sense to anybody. Just because someone uses a bad word, maybe at you doesn't give you the right to murder them the proportionality is off here, right? Uh, I don't know why that's not obvious and why they even think they can make these outrageous claims. I mean, attorneys make, attorneys defending perps, right, make outrageous claims all the time. But the, the, the fact that this journalist wrote this down, you know, I guess he's just doing his job reporting. But the fact that he didn't make a comment, right, maybe they're not supposed to comment when they're reporting stuff like this. But it's just ridiculous that that would even be a reason, I mean, I don't even think she did that. I, I doubt she would have even said it. I mean, if you're, if you're scared, like if, if you're a female and you're scared of somebody and you're alone in a store, you're, you're texting your boss like, Hey, I'm worried. I'm creeped out. This guy, he's giving, I think the, the line was, he's giving me weird vibes. That's a totally normal thing to say. 
you know, against for anybody. It could be female, it could be could be male, right? That's not racially stereotyping. She felt scared. And I, I wish this one girl, she the, the by the time she texted that and their boss read it, it was like 10 minutes later, she was already dead. I wish that this girl, she was young too, maybe like a college student. I wish she would have acted on her fear. Like I wish she, I mean, I wish she would have ran or, you know, or armed herself somehow with some kind of blunt object, or I wish she would have listened to her, her own intuition because she clearly was freaked out and she had every right to be. And she probably wasn't even thinking about the race of the guy at the time. She probably wasn't thinking, oh, I shouldn't be scared because she was scared and she was admitting it to herself, right? If you look at the evidence, if she texted this to her boss, she was fearful. And now this black person's attorney is trying to say that if she was fearful of her life, if this black guy was creeping around in the store, whatever he was doing, whatever he was doing, I don't know. Maybe he was walking around, giving her weird looks. Who knows? I'm sure that's kind of what happened. Maybe, maybe acting a little erratic, not, not, not a typical customer, right? He's not, he doesn't, he's not her normal clientele, right? Or, you know, he's just not acting like he he wants to be there to buy furniture. He's got something else on his mind, clearly. And the fact that the, the, the black people today, this is what they do. They think literally that if, if anyone is suspicious of their behavior, for the, for right reasons, they're not acting normally in the play in the in the store in the context. That this is automatically like justification for racist behavior, or this is this is, or 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 they make the assumption, they make the leap like this one attorney did that they that she must have said something to him, she must have said something racist to this guy, that triggered him, right? That 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 made him then commit this horrible crime. I mean, this is outrageous. Uh, people are allowed to feel scared of other people or creeped out. That's the word she used was, was she was, or, uh, yeah, giving he, her a creepy vibe or whatever, whatever she used. I mean, why are black people so sensitive to that? I mean, she, she a white guy could have been creeping her out an Asian guy. It's the behavior, right? It's the behavior I'm sure that race hardly had hardly anything to do with it. I bet you, she just. Uh, cause she's a white college, you know, kid. I bet you, she just observed his behavior that creeped her out, right? She texted her boss, but that wasn't enough. You know, she should have ran out of the store and I get, I get it. You kind of making a call, right? Well, it's probably just a creepy guy. He's creeping me out. It depends on how creepy he is, but you know, in this case, it ended up where, you know, this guy was going to kill her. And, uh, unfortunately, yeah, we can't run out of a store, you know, anytime that we, uh, are creeped out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's an employee, right? I'm sure her boss would have been fine with it if she, if she would have ran out and this guy, you know, wasn't a bad guy, but yeah, I mean, you can't do that all the time, but I mean, this is your life you're talking about. You should be extra cautious and listen to your intuition. That's sort of what I take away from this case. But, um, I don't appreciate black people becoming overly sensitive to people being creeped out by them just because they happen to be black. They think that, that, that this is a racist move, right? But especially when it's a female white person, a female, right? Against a male, females are creeped out by men all the time. And, and usually the men are just perfectly fine. They just, you know, they're just interested or they're just, you know, maybe socially awkward, but this happens all the time. I mean, women are allowed to be creeped out by men. And I want to mention, I'm going to close off with this. This is my last comment. Uh, there, you remember that bird watcher, that black bird watcher in New York City, who uh, I think the lady was Amy Cooper, who apparently, you know, was giving treats to her dog. I don't, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of stories about what exactly happened between the two. But this black guy creeped her out enough for her to call the cops, right? And he, he started filming her at some point. Uh, and she, what she said was this black guy is creeping me out. And then the media blew this up as she's kind of some kind of racist. And if you call the cops on a black guy, you know, you're endangering him because the cops might come and, and think he's the criminal. I mean, (sighs) blowing again out of abortion, women are allowed to be creeped out and something this guy did creeped her out. Right. Apparent he, she said her story is he was trying to like, get her dog. He was trying to like 
call her dog, give him treats. Um, and I don't know what was happening with the dog, but she's, but she, you know, she, she approached him or something and she said, stop, uh, calling my dog or, or leave me alone or leave us alone. Or, and then, and then he started, I guess, filming her and they had an altercation, right? Verbal altercation. And she started calling the cops, right? Cause she felt threatened. And, uh, and this black guy used it as a way to catapult himself, you know, get fame, right? This woman was fearful. Are we not allowed to say, are we not allowed to think like, are we not allowed to be fearful anymore? Like anytime that there's a black person around that creeps us out, we're just not allowed to be fearful. So what if she called the cops, right? They got into an altercation. There was something going, there was a verbal dispute going on, right? So it could have escalated, you know? Also, he wasn't, he was somehow violating her dog, right? Maybe, maybe that's not the true, true story, but he was somehow making her nervous and scared. Like if a man is making a, a woman scared in a park, you would think, right? You would think that he would immediately, if he's a good guy and he didn't mean to do that, he was just being maybe friendly, you know, uh, um, he would just immediately leave. He doesn't want the trouble, right? He doesn't want, he doesn't want to creep a girl out, right? If he's a good guy. Oh, I know what the story was. So this guy, apparently he's a bird watcher. <laughs> And I think the dog might have been running around without a leash on, which I think is not allowed. Right. But so instead of instead of like the black man, you know, calling, reporting it, maybe or calling the cops, maybe on her. Right. For breaking the law, because, I mean, if that was the law and she's violating it, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with him. I'm fine with him calling an authority to at least report it. And maybe I mean, I'm also fine with him, you know. Uh, telling her, hey, can you please put your dog on a leash? And maybe he did that. Maybe she didn't care. Maybe she blew him off. But but his reaction to escalate it and creep her out, right? Where I think he escalated it, like looking like he wanted to take the dog or, you know, call the dog or give the dog treats. And apparently he had treats out of him and he doesn't have a dog. So what is he doing with treats? He's obviously, I think he's probably done this before. I think he, I think he enjoyed you know, uh, harassing people probably with their dogs off leash. Like, yeah, he thought he had a reason to because, oh, well, these people are breaking the law. So I'm going to harass them. They're going to, you know, let their dog run free. I'm going to, you know, freak them out with, you know, giving their dog treats and calling their dog and all kinds of stuff. Okay. He, he's not an innocent bystander here. If that was the case, he's escalating an issue. He's escalating it. And he, he escalated it so much, right? I mean, if some, some stranger's giving your dog treats after he's told you, please put your dog on a leash, he doesn't like dogs. He doesn't want the dog coming near him. That's why he wants it on a leash. So why is he offering your dog a treat? Why is he calling your dog over there? It's not for a good reason. He doesn't want to pet the dog, right? He, he doesn't want to be friends with the dog. He wants to, he wants to make a point. He wants to creep you out, right? He wants to, he, that's his odd behavior, you know? Uh, it, normal behavior, if he really was that offended, the dog wasn't on the leash, he calls the cops, he reports it, right? Maybe he escalates it at City Hall. Maybe, you know, if the police aren't doing anything about it or whoever's not doing anything about it, there's way he's, he can write letters, right? He can he can do stuff to make his voice heard, but he decided to, to creep people out. He decided to creep this woman out. Um, so there was this, I was thinking about this story because I saw this news report. This guy's getting his own show on National Geographic. This black guy, right? He's getting his own show. He's going to, he's going to do some bird watching show for National Geographic. So, so anytime a black person can, can, can film an interaction with a white person, make the white person look bad, right? She lost her job. She was vilified in the news. I don't know where she is now. She probably left the country. Um, there was this interview with, with Barry Weiss, I think, journalist, where she, that she did to explain her side of the story a while back. And I remember listening to it. And she just said her life is, I mean, completely different. I mean, she, she, was, um, she was targeted. She was harassed as the bad guy. She lost her job. She lost her friends, probably. She had to spend a lot of money. I think they even were, they were the city was even prosecuting her, I think, for some kind of crime. Calling, yeah, they, they started making a crime to call any one time a white person calls the police on a black person, if it's not a real threat, they said this was a crime. I think they dropped the case or this was the case that spurred this movement to, to create this new law. So back to our, our poor woman who was stabbed 40 times, if she would have called the cops on this guy that was creeping her out, she could have been arrested like, or she could have been charged with, with calling the cops on a black guy in a, in a, in a, in a fake way or false way, you know, however they determine fake or false. So it's like, 
So for a white person now, it's, it's, it's sort of heads you lose, tails you lose. If you don't call the, call the cops because you're worried about this, this crime being, you know, or this, 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 yeah, you're being prosecuted for calling the cops on a black guy. Uh, um, you're worried about that. So you don't call. So then the black perp kills you, right? Something bad happens, right? But if you do call and he ends up, you know, being just a creeper and not, not actually violent, well, you get the charge for calling the cops on someone that was creeping you out. So it's just like totally unfair law um, that the, the past sort of after this was after George Floyd, after the Amy Cooper, I think that was her name. And I don't know. I don't remember the black guy's name. I think his last name was actually Cooper, too. But anytime and blacks know this, they know if they can they can get in the news, they can film somebody, they can blow up a huge media story. Right. They can punish this white person. Right. She lost her job. She lost her life, really. Um uh, um, he gets the reward. Now he's getting his own National Geographic show. I mean, this, this bird watcher, right? He's getting his own show. This teaches blacks that this is something that they should do. They're being rewarded for this kind of behavior. I mean, absolutely ridiculous, absolutely insane that this, this is, this is what, this is what's happening in our country. Uh, it's unbelievable. It, it really is. I mean, I might just watch just a clip of this new show just to see, just to see it because I'm just, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually watch it. I just, I'm just so curious now that this, this guy somehow, and I have to look, I actually, I don't really want to watch the show. I just want to look up and research how, you know, who gave this guy a show, you know, who, who was it at, at National Geographic channel that decided to seek this guy out and thought he was a really great bird watcher. <laughs> I mean, maybe he actually is a bird watcher. Maybe that really is his profession, but it's just hilarious that, 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 that this black guy was so offended apparently by this woman's actions, right? She was actually the one who creeped out and here he goes filming it, right. And profiting off of, off of this woman's fear that he probably caused, right. He probably, it was his behavior that creeped her out. Um, and he made it all about race, right? Cause they can, and if they can make it all about race and profit off of it, they will. So expect more incidents like this. That's why, in my opinion, uh, you just have to avoid situations like that completely. Um, go the other way, turn around if you feel uncomfortable, uh, because you never know when you might be their next target. But, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave this here. I'm going to go get some coffee unless anybody has questions, but thank you for tuning in. All right.